10, and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Tiger Woods finished second at the Valspar Championships, whatever that is. Here's what would be best for golf. Here's what golf needs to happen at the Masters. Tiger needs to contend the whole tournament. Where we're at on Sundays. Club speed. Nipples showing through the sweat in his shirt. And then the last nine holes, it needs to be a showdown between Tiger and one of the young guys. Like Rom or Speed or whoever. And then Tiger needs to lose. Golf needs the 23 or 24-year-old to beat the 42-year-old. Golf needs Tiger to pass the torch. When Tiger's life fell apart and his back problems became pervasive, Tiger just disappeared. Nobody ever beat Tiger. And that's why since then, golf ratings and general interest in golf have been down. Fans are just waiting for Tiger to come back. Tiger is still the king because he never lost. Now he's back, and he needs to lose. To play well, but just miss. To maximize the whole process, Tiger could win one more major, but not one of the next two. Mostly, Tiger needs to finish a close second. That's what's best for business. A close second at the Masters and a close second at the U.S. Open. Tiger is 42. The most good he could do golf now is to chase what he used to be and come up just short to pass the torch. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Okay, if you listen carefully to what I said, Tell me I'm wrong. And tell me why I'm wrong. Ratings went up 200% for that goof tournament that Tiger just finished second in. You know what the key phrase is there? The phrase that pays? That he just finished second in. The ratings still went way up. You still have him chasing what he used to be. And then he passes the torch. That would be best for golf. If he won one more major but not the next two. If he wins one of the next two, you blow up what I'm talking about now. You blow up the chase. You blow up passing the torch. He's just Tiger again, but at 42, that's going to be short term. He could win one more. Give him like that Jack Nicklaus winning a major at 46 moment. But other than that, him coming close is what's best for business. And the phones aren't ringing, so I know you know I'm right. Because that's what happens. When the phones don't ring, I know you know I'm right. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Don't forget we have the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate Wednesday night, 730. At Tequila Cowboy on the north side. And then Thursday I'm doing a Penguins viewing party at the Boulevard. In Greensburg, PA. Going to be a lot of fun. I love Greensburg. Love the Palace Theater. I love Westmoreland County. Wasn't so freaking far. I'd probably move there. So join me 
Wednesday at Tequila Cowboy for the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. Thursday at the Boulevard in Greensburg for a Penguins watch party. Uh, There's a video of Odell Beckham Jr. Smoking what appears to be a blunt. Now, for those of you who aren't hip and cool like me, a blunt is a cigar with some of the tobacco removed in marijuana or a similar hallucinogen or something to get you effed up put in where the tobacco used to be. Marijuana, not technically a hallucinogen. I learned that in, we learned that stuff in health class back in junior high. We learned about drugs in health class. It wasn't all just penis talk. Anyway, he's smoking what appears to be a blunt and with small lines of white powder laid out on a nearby mirror. Nothing like video evidence then again. It could have been just a cigar. That could have been crushed up aspirin, which Odell is taking nasally to quicken the impact. I also believe that for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. Odell Beckham Jr. wants huge long-term money like Lev Bell does. But as with Lev Bell, why would you give long-term money to a guy who is a constant pain in the backside? I'm starting to think, like I said earlier, that playing it year by year with Bell is exactly the right approach, and the franchise tag makes that possible. The franchise tag is totally unfair. It keeps free agency from being free. But the franchise tag makes that possible, and the New York Giants should do just the same with Odell Beckham Jr. next year. Let's talk to, this ought to be good, Kevin in Steubenville wants to compare Tiger's career to my career. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Today. What's up? Uh, just quick question. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Tiger, but you always bring up, you know, your vast wealth and your importance, but it seems like... No, 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 when I say vast really... wealth, I mean within the context of my profession. And for that matter, anybody living in Steubenville. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> now, did you call to talk sports or to cover up another Steubenville scandal, or what's on your mind, caller? No, Steubenville scandals, those are past. Yeah, till the next one. So so I, I'm not sure why you called. Oh, now I know why you called. Let's go to Garrett on 79 North. Garrett, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Um, you said uh, when we go to games or watch games, we don't. all we want to see is goals scored. Every time I No, watch that's not game, what I said. I said nobody goes to a game hoping the puck won't go in. I only want to see the puck go in the other net, not our net. Okay. Every that's... game I watch, I hope we get a shout-out. Really great analysis. Anything else? No, that's all. Great stuff. I don't know what the show would be without callers like that. Uh, the Pirates opener is... Uh... When is the Pirates opener? I, I forget. It's soon. Uh, if you're a Pirate fan, just around the corner, just after the break, I actually have some good news for you. I'm optimistic about the Pirates, at least as optimistic as I probably ever am going to allow myself. Also, I want your feedback on the Tiger thing, and I know I'm right because Tiger fans are calling. The best thing for golf would be for Tiger to come close at the Masters 
but lose to a young guy. Then come close at the U.S. Open, but lose to a young guy. The best thing for golf would be for Tiger to pass the torch. And you're going to call up and talk about the ratings, right, and the popularity with Tiger back playing decent for one tournament, and let's not act like it'll happen every week, although it might, but I don't think it will. He finished second this past weekend, and they still got the ratings up by 200%. All they need for the ratings to be huge is for him to be good and close. And once he wins, yeah, the ratings will be great too, but he's 42 and then eventually retires, and it'll be like it was when he just disappeared because of his sex thing and his back thing and all those things. He never passed the torch. You come in second a bunch of times in your twilight, you make a lot of money, you up the ratings, you sell a lot of that merch, all those Tiger Woods doodads, the hats, the clubs, the everything. You sell all those red shirts where you can see his nipples when he sweats. Not going to lie to you, it's pretty hot. And you pass the torch. He never passed the torch. He never got beat. That's what golf needs. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hello, is this Mark Madden? Mark, this is the big Norm McDonald. How the hell are you? What's going on now sucks, but that sucked too, and it was boring. The X at 105.9. We got Mike Lang at the bottom of the hour. John Clayton, the professor, at 5.30. Uh, the Pirates opener is, ah, darn, I forgot to look up Google when it is. It's soon. A couple weeks, I think. They won 75 games last year. I bet they win about the same this year. That's my good news. Dickerson will replace Kutch's numbers, replicate what he did, give or take. And Cole wasn't very good last year, so he's not going to be that hard to replace. It's not that hard to win 75 games. It's a lot harder to lose 100 games, which I hear some people insanely predicting. Uh, the Pirates starting eight isn't that bad. Mostly rotten pitching. And no depth. But the Pirates can win 75 games again. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. And I don't think pirate attendance is going to drop very much either. It dropped 600K over the last two years. Anyone who was going to stop going has already stopped. Let's go to Joe in Greensburg. Joe, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Hi, Joe. I just wanted to slightly disagree with you on uh, your Tiger Woods take there. Um, I think the best thing for golf would be if he did win another, maybe say two majors, and then pass the torch. Get him up into them jackets. Nope, you know, nope. If, 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 he, if he wins another two majors, well, he's not going to win two majors. I'll be shocked if he wins no, a major. I agree with you. But, but if he won another two majors, then once he did retire, people would just be waiting for him to come back again. you got to pass the torch. If he wins the next two majors, it'll negate anything anybody accomplished between when he last won a tournament, which was 2013, last won a major in 2008, and now. Right. Uh, yeah, like I said, I just think that getting him up, 
let's get the Jack Nicholas talk going again. Your you, people start watching. Oh, bro, do we really want to talk about a forty-two-year-old guy chasing Jack Nicholas? Why don't we just make more movies about Winston Churchill? Although that one did did pretty well. Golf's got to get young. It, it just as long as Tiger casts his shadow and nobody beats him and nobody takes the torch away from him. It's just such as this oldie, moldy, woldy feel about it. Yeah, let's talk about Tiger, the 42-year-old guy chasing Jack Nicholas. Let's talk about Ben Hogan and Sam Sneed and Arnie's Army. That's the way to really help the young guys establish their brands and their careers. By the way, you know who I felt bad for? Phil Mickelson, who's 47, played in some big deal event in Mexico and won it. And nobody's talking about it because Tiger finished second. Mickelson is overshadowed by Tiger finishing second. Let's go to Jordan in the car. Jordan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, i got to disagree with you on the Tiger issue. You know, I think that uh, while I agree that you know, it, it would make sense for uh, Tiger to pass the torch to someone, the issue is... There is no one to pass the torch to right now. What, what are you talking about? Jordan Spieth won, like, how many tournaments? Jason Day, this long kid, Dustin Johnson, who's 33. There's a lot no, of great uh, golfers. What, none of them compare to Tiger now? No, none of them compare to Tiger in his prime. Well, well that's, but, that's but if, what... if that's the yardstick you're going to use in perpetuity, that means there's never going to be another guy in golf who's a star and drives the ratings and moves the needle. No, he needs to compare somewhat, just like Crosby needs no, to he doesn't. the other No, stars. he doesn't. He needs to be the best now. He needs to beat Tiger. I don't know the numbers in front of me, but Jordan Spieth for his age has won a frightening amount of tournaments. You know that, right? Not anywhere near close to what Tiger did. Right, because you'd like to see Tiger naked. Admit it. You're a Tiger fanboy. Admit it. Admit you're a no, Tiger fanboy. No, nothing fan to do with it. No, you're, but admit you're a Tiger fanboy. Admit it. I'm not. Oh, you're, you're a liabetic is what you are. No one will ever compare to Tiger. No one will ever compare to Tiger. And when I see his nipples sweat through that shirt... I think that's just dreamy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Let's go to uh, Joe in the truck. Joe, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Do you really think that um, the attendance at PNC Park isn't going to drop since McCutcheon left? Uh, it's going to drop about, my prediction is, 100 k It'll drop about yeah. 100000 this year from last year. Now, don't forget, over the last two seasons, since 2015, and the Hillbilly Prince uh, blowing up a 98-win team for no good reason. Since 2015, it's already dropped 600K. I think it'll drop about another 100K, but no more. How much more do you think it's going to take for uh, Nutting to get out of town? He won't. Why would he get out of town? What, what are you I know, talking he's about? A great businessman. Great businessman. Everybody well, let me tell you, let me tell you what I heard. I'm going to give you a little scoop here. Thank you for the call. i got to confirm this. You know what, I may as well just say it because I can't confirm it because they deny it. I hear there's still 10,000 tickets left for the home opener. That is a ton of tickets left for the home opener. Now, if, if, if indeed they don't sell out the home opener and it's it's a significant amount of seats that are empty, let's say there's four or 5,000 seats empty for that home opener, then I think attendance will drop more than 100K this year. The home opener, to some degree, will be an instant barometer of interest 
in the Pirates this year because the home opener is always an easy sellout, even in terrible times. If it don't sell out, and if there's a bunch of empty seats, like I said, I hear there are 10,000 seats still available for the home opener. You know how you could check that out if you want? Call the ticket office and say, hey, I need 10,000 seats for the home opener. If they say they're available, then we know. Let's go to Mark in the car. Mark, you're on with Double M. Double M, what up, man? What up? Pirates are jerks, man. I'm tired of this garbage that they're putting out on the field. I want. Uh, I looked at the stats over the weekend, and I mean, I know it's only spring training, but they played two games well, with a yeah, They gave up a ton of runs. We, we know they stink. Now, let me ask you. Okay. Let's say they win 75 games like they did last year. What will that okay. say to you? Uh. They're just leveling off. They're not trying to get any better. I mean, they're not. You see, I because mean, here, here's what might happen. If they win 75 games the same as last year, then all their media stooges and fanboy bloggers will say they're on the right path. They're not on the right path unless the right path leads to the bank vault. I agree. And now I had a, a Twitter debate with some fanboy blogger for the Pirates over the weekend, and he was saying about how they're getting a new TV contract next year, and they're going to get all this money. And then I just repeatedly kept asking him over and over again, like, what about winning, trying to win right now? And he just had no response for me. Well, now, is just, he talking about a local TV contract? About AT&T and how it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, they're not going to get much more money from AT&T. And he makes it out to be like it's some substantial AT&T can't even afford Stan Saverin. They, like, fired Stan for a day, then brought him back. That's become public yeah, I, knowledge, so I could talk about it now. Did you know that AT&T Sportsnet fired Stan for a day, then brought him back? Yeah, that's outrageous. They said we made a mistake. But now, if the Pirates don't get their big TV contract, we know who to blame. Stan Saverin. Let's go real quick to Jason and Freedom. Jason, you're on with Mark. Three real quick things. I'm just going to let you know that uh, O for the Pens is Shaquille O'Neal on skates. Who is? Jamie Big Big Lefty. Tiger Woods is our Happy Gilmore. Yeah, this is stupid. Goodbye. Jamie O, like he sells fries in Oakland. 412-333-9939. I wish I could take Robin Nuken, who says there's a problem in my Tiger Woods theory, but I can't because i got to make way for Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer. He's up next here on the Home of the Penguins, 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. The Penguins with a 3-1 win at home against Dallas last night. They've now won 14 of their last 15 at PPG Paints Arena. Joining me now to discuss, he is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. It's the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, Mikey, what do you make of all the replay, all the reviews? How much is too much, and how much is enough? Well, I think it's a trend, really, in all sports. We're seeing it every sport, Mark. Uh, so, you know, uh, hockey's not the the big focal point, I don't think, as far as what we've uh, seen happen over the last five to ten years. And I, I guess, in all likelihood, it's probably going to continue. So, you got to live with it. They got to filter it out. They got to figure if they can get a better way to do it, uh, which probably is going to be more cameras and more angles and more opinion. Um, but it's the way it's going. So it's a, it's a digital uh, era now, and everybody's kind of concerned about making sure everything is uh, right down and perfect. My only question on it is it's easy to see uh, when you slow uh, uh, replay 
over and over and over exactly, you know, the fine uh, fine tooth uh, part of it. But when you're making the calls, I mean, for officials and be able to work that, it's awfully tough to criticize them uh, for as much as they do and having to make a call and, and feeling that, uh, you know, in their minds that they've made the right call. That's part of the game to me, and uh, it, it, we're getting further and further away from it where almost every single play now is somewhat questionable. So I'm not so sure it's a, it, it, it's the right way. We'll find a happy medium hopefully here as we continue on. Well, it's very well put. Uh, the only time I get kind of upset is when replay seems to get it wrong, for example. I just can't believe Brian Dumoulin's goal in Toronto didn't count, and they got a penalty on top of that, Mike. Uh, uh, that might have been Brian Dumoulin's best goal ever, and now it, it never happened. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it's frustrating for him. And, uh, you know, you go back really even, uh, you know, the big controversy about players couldn't put their toes in the blue paint. Do you remember that, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Brett Hull scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. No, that was as controversial as anything that ever happened. Right. That was like late 90s, wasn't it? Absolutely. And that was a deciding game, I mean, for for a Stanley Cup. And so, you know, I I wonder, do we want to go there where we're going to be have guys sitting on the bench waiting to find out whether or not they win a cup? I, I'm not, you know, it's like, it's so it, 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 it's so magnified right now. And the problem with it is everybody has their own opinion. And so you have 9,000 different opinions on what transpired and what happened. You know, uh, from if you're the team that's uh, going to get a break from it, I mean, you certainly feel strong that you have a, 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 a contending opinion. And the other team that thinks that they've been robbed is going to feel the same way. So... It's not easy. You're dealing with human beings, too, and you're dealing with guys that are trying to do their very best. Uh, and if they don't on a continual basis, they're pretty much weeded out as far as moving along the uh, the ladder and, and, and uh, working playoff games. And So yeah, I, I think, hopefully, the, the word is that it, it takes care of itself. But it, 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 it certainly makes it interesting, I would say, that <laughs> in watching game after game. Now, the Penguins, as I mentioned, have won 14 out of their last 15 at home. Where's that home form come from, Mike? And, boy, that could come pretty handy when it's playoff time. Yeah, you know, every year has a different wrinkle. I mean, uh, uh, the Penguins were good last year on home ice, and uh, they've continued it here. But we've had a lot of storylines that have been completely different from the previous two teams. Uh, you know, the, 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 the old hockey tradition is uh, you win most of your games at home, and you play 500 on the road, and that'll get you in the playoffs and a good chance to uh, to win something. Uh, and the Penguins are, you know, pretty much in that category right now as far as uh, the way they've played. But they certainly have relied on the, the home ice and uh, the sellout crowds and the people, the enthusiasm of it, and, uh, you know, they're, they play to that. And uh, the other side is, uh, you've got a strong room there, uh, Mark, and uh, despite what's happened during the course of the year, the leadership probably is as good in that room as maybe the top three clubs in the NHL. And uh, that's why when we get to playoff time, this is going to be a, hopefully a different team, uh, even more so, more, more locked into what they've got to do, and they've done it year after year and game after game. And uh, I like their chances going in. I'm not going to say they're going to win it, but I also do think that they have a legitimate chance to repeat again as a, as a Stanley Cup champion. Now, you're not one to debate awards and things like that, Mike, but uh, please make an exception. Is Evgeny Malkin the NHL MVP right now? Well, is Brad Marchand the MVP? I'd take Malkin. 
Is Kucherov the MVP? Now you got a debate. Yeah. Well, I think Marchand is making a, uh, an incredible run here, despite the fact that everybody in the world hates him. <laughs> but you look at what he's put up and the numbers that he is, uh, uh, you know, helping Bergeron has been out of the lineup too, and he comes on and does what he does. Uh, and there's a lot of guys in the league. I mean, is Connor McDavid the most valuable player? If he wins a scoring championship, is he MVP? Uh, and their team's not going to be in the playoffs, but yeah, that's kind of tough, Mike. I mean, I how think. well did he play? So there's a lot of guys in the league. That, that's really interesting. Uh, the conversation, really, and uh, there's no defenseman in it, but uh, you could make a you could make a case for Nathan McKinnon. I mean, the MVP of the team. I mean, but unfortunately for him, he's hurt. Steven Stamkos. <laughs> You know, Crosby, Kessel, you go through the lineup and the people that are, that are there. How about Ovechkin? I mean, he's had a big year on a team that's been decimated by uh, changes of personnel. So there's a lot of guys that are going to be there. The biggest problem for the Penguins is if they get two or three guys that are candidates in there and the votes start coming in, they're going to filter uh, and they're going to lose votes. I mean, there's not one guy, uh, you know, that uh, could be involved there. I mean, Crosby's certainly going to be in the in the hunt, just from being the favorite uh, favorite uh, player and, and among people that have followed the game. So it's it'll be an interesting uh, vote, I think, as to who becomes uh, the NHL's MVP. That's a, that's a good question. No, that's for sure true, but I, I think it's fair to say that, that Gino is having a special year. He's been great since day one in the league, Mike, but I think he has a little extra something this year, doesn't he? Oh, he's, <laughs> you and I talk about this every year. And I know. Year. Yeah, I mean, take it for what it's worth. He's one of the world's greatest players. He is. I mean, that's what he is. And uh, he's showing it more and more, and he's totally as mature as a person, as a player, as a leader, uh, all things that he is, uh, he's done game in and game out. And, he, you know, there's a chance he might go down as the greatest Russian player ever. Seriously, more than Ovechkin, mainly because he's won three cups already. So... You know he's he's he stands up there. This isn't a surprise. I mean, he's won scoring championships. He's uh, he's a guy that scores uh, you know can score a lot of goals. So it's something that he you know has locked into and is focused. And, uh, and the, the thing about it is, I think he's having the, the best of, uh, time of his life. I think he's enjoying it. I think he's having every bit of uh, a thrill to go out there and, and put the skates on and and be able to play every night and, and try and produce. And so it's it's been good for all of us. We're talking to Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer. He's brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Mikey, you haven't been on the show since Patrick Hornquist got his contract extension, very well-deserved. And really, in today's NHL, there aren't too many left like Hornquist, are there? No, not too. Uh, I, I still think there's a, there's a pretty good handful, though, that are around the league. Uh, I think you could put Marchand in that uh, category as far as a guy that kind of leads and uh, barks and, and goes and uh, is totally dedicated to the game. There's maybe more, a lot more than maybe you think, Mark, uh, that are guys like that. But he's an, he's a unique type of guy uh, in the way he approaches it uh, on a daily basis. And that's uh, that is what you see on the ice is somewhat of what you see off the ice for Patrick Hornquist. That's the way he is. He's, he is focused completely on the game of hockey, and he talks it. Uh, and he's uh, he's always trying to figure a better way to, to make his team play better and himself uh, for every game. And uh, this is the guy that was the last player drafted in his draft year. And he's come on, and uh, he's made a name for himself. He, he's going to be big in Sweden someday. He might even be able to run for mayor. You never know. <laughs> 
Uh, last night, uh, Carter Ronnie and Tom Kuhnhockel played a lot, uh, 11 and 12 minutes respectively. They played very well. If you're doing good, Mike Sullivan puts you out there, doesn't he? Well, there's a couple of factors in there, uh, Mark. We had some penalty killing that had to be taken care of. And secondly, it's the second of a back-to-back. So you would hope that that would uh, you know, kind of balance itself off and trying to get players involved uh, throughout uh, the two games. And uh, so when the numbers are up, you know, just kind of understand maybe where some of that came from. But it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that the Penguins have kind of prided themselves off on the last couple of years, and there's that ability to have the third and fourth lines uh, be a big part of their of what they do. They kind of changed in midstream here. They they went back to a more skating team and a, and a, a team that's going to bring those four lines in and check uh, with the departure of Ryan Reeves. And uh, they think that I think the MO behind Mike Sullivan is, is this is how I want to work it. The other side of the equation is those guys are going to have to score some goals. I mean, seriously, you, it's hard to play in the NHL. It's great you can go up and down the ice, but you got to score some goals too. Uh, to be able to stay in this league because there's a lot of guys that are on the fringe that that are in those situations in the minor leagues that maybe will score some goals. And so, uh, you know, it's all part of the picture and what you have and what you can fit within your cap, and they're on NHL contracts, so that's a little different story too. But it's something that you want, I think, uh, I don't say you want, that I think that Mike Sullivan wants. He wants to be able to put four lines out and even at times take that line and put them up against their top unit. He did it last night against them on a couple of occasions and say, listen, shut them down. Do me a favor. Shut them down. And uh, like I said, if they can get a goal once in a while, it would certainly aid to the aid the cause uh, for the Penguins and not have to depend on uh, the Top Guns every night to kind of pull them through. Mike, you've always spoken highly of Chad Ruedel since he came to Pittsburgh. And, boy, he's done very well since getting back in the lineup, hasn't he? He can play, he can play in the league. I, honestly, uh, I thought that from the first time I saw him play, and I think – uh, what I've seen of him uh, over the course of his time here in Pittsburgh tells me that he can play as a top. Uh, he can maybe play as a top four defenseman. I mean, he's that. He, he's conscientious. He's smart. Uh, he's good defensively. He has a good stick. He can shoot the puck. He can do a lot of things, and he can pass. I mean, uh, these are all ingredients that they're looking for in NHL defensemen. He's got them. <laughs> That's as simple as that. He's got them, and I think he's playing very well. I really do. Casey DeSmith is just six foot, one of the shorter goalies this year in the NHL. I thought he played a marvelous game last night. How does a goalie his size play around that height deficit, Mike? How did Roby Vashon do it? How did Mike <laughs> Palmateer do it? Come on. Uh, Gump Worsley. We can go way Come back. On. You know, really seriously. I think that thing is overplayed as far as the height of goaltenders. I, uh, you know, for years you had to be six feet over 200 before you were even drafted. In the NHL, remember those days, Mark? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't look around the numbers. The Penguins are just at six feet, 195 right now. That's among the lowest and the, and the lightest teams uh, in the NHL. And they got a pretty good hockey club. They just won two cups. So I, I, I'm not a believer that uh, a guy's size is going to hold him back as far as being a goaltender. If you have a, a bigger size and a bigger frame, yeah, maybe for. Uh, duration and the ability to play, uh, you know, a number of games in a row. But uh, to me, uh, I always on the premise, six feet, 200 pounds is a perfect athlete, an athlete to have, uh, you know, and be able to do most things and, and be able to do them well. So this thing about having to be, you know, next thing is, is going to be Ben, everybody's got to be Ben Bishop. 
<laughs> you know, or six six. I, I I just don't see it. And uh, the name of the game is to stop the puck. And Casey DeSmith has made a a name for himself here. He's going to play in the NHL. I mean, both those guys, uh, Tristan and uh, and DeSmith, have proven that they can come in and spell a team. And to me, this is me talking. When your top guy is out, uh, if your backup goaltenders can come in and win fifty percent of the games. Uh, for a ten-game span, they've done a hell of a job, and uh, and and that's that's that to me. That's where you kind of look and see what they can do. But they they're young enough that they may have an opportunity to start someday in the NHL as a goaltender on their own. Mike, we celebrated your seventieth birthday at the rink recently. There was cake, which I like. So, which I didn't get any of. But go ahead, that's great. That's see how nice I am to people. <laughs> I said, go ahead, everybody have some cake. By the time I got done with the game, and got done, I'll finish. It was all gone. <laughs> well, let me reiterate the birthday wishes, and may you have many more behind the microphone. You're still getting it done, and as always, we appreciate the insight today. Yeah, and I'm crying. I'm still sob, sob, shish kebab. I didn't get any cake. <laughs> you didn't eat it all, did you, Mark? I just had one piece, Mike, so, same as everybody else. Oh, okay, I don't let me hear a story somewhere. <laughs> Not with your trim figure now. <laughs> we that, love you, Mark. That's yes, good, good talkie talk. Good man. stuff, Mike. We'll see you at the rink. That's the all great right. Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer. He's brought to you by Coors Light. Visit Social at Bakery Square on Penn Avenue and enjoy Coors Light drafts for just $2. Wow. During all Penguin games. And I may have had two pieces of cake before somebody goes and tells Mike a story. But they were cut really small. I'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next year on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, hi, Mark. Hi. I to say I love your show. I just talked to David Lee Roth. He said, somebody get me a doctor. VX at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Don't forget, we have the professor, John Clayton, talking football at 530 here on the X. Uh, Bob, what is your take on the state of replay in the National Hockey League? Uh, I'm usually for getting it right. But I don't like the offside review because too much time can elapse between the offside and the goal for the review to really be relevant to how the goal was scored. Although offsides is indeed offsides and was last night. And the goalie interference thing, err on the side of letting the goal count. What are your thoughts on both these replay issues? Yeah, well put on that one. I'm not so much against offsides. I am against how often and in what circumstances you're allowed to go to it. Um, I don't. I don't have a problem with if it's a close goal last night uh, or two nights ago. I'm sorry. Well, either one, I guess, but especially with the Dumo one. Well, the Dumo goal I had a problem with because he was in clear control of the puck. I don't understand how you can commit interference when you're the guy in control of the puck. Uh, When you have the puck... You should have the right away. Yeah, that's a hockey move. And the other thing, even more so than, you know, control the puck, Mark, he was pushed into the goalie. You know, he got pushed, you know, definitely pushed into him to hope and get that call. And it worked out for him. That was a great hockey move. Uh, Good for him to be able to make that move and be score on it. uh, And then ruined by a league that's just over-officious. So maybe look at when replay is able to be called, like challenged, um, but I do think replay is necessary in some instances. You do well, no, want to no, get the I, game I, right. I like replay when it comes to the puck having gone in or not. Yeah, you have to get the call right. Um, but in a bang-bang situation but, but like, like that. Here's the thing. With the offsides, it either is or isn't. So I can almost understand the re- the replay there because it either is or isn't. I just don't like, again, the time elapsing factor. But with the interference, it's still a subjective call. 
it's still something you're getting human opinion to decide. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe it would be better just to call it at full speed and be done with it as opposed to having a second opinion, which is no less subjective after watching the replay. Right. Again, like replay good circumstances that it's used in. Uh, not so good anymore. Just too intrusive right now. Leave it to the simplest things to figure that out. Offsides or not, in the net or not. Uh, Lawrence Timmons got cut today by the Miami Dolphins. What's your take on picking him up? Because when I first heard the rumor, a couple weeks ago maybe, they were going to cut him, mm-hmm. I'd say, well, that's a no-brainer. He's, what, 31 years old, not that old. He knows the system. He can play either of the inside backer spots. Easy call. But then Kikabala from the NFL.com uh, says that Timmons and Tomlin have issues, which I have no idea what those could be. And people are talking about, okay, maybe 31 is too old for him to be recycled by the Steelers. Uh, what are your thoughts there? How could they have issues when he doesn't have issues with you know one of the elder statesmen on the team going down the hallway and just firing up the other team? You know how can he have issues? Oh, Mike Mitchell when, uh, talking yeah. trash on the Jacksonville dressing room. Yeah, how can he not have issues when one of his star players takes out his phone and Facebook or you know tweets live in the locker room? You know, how you, you, know how you, you know how you can do that, Bob. Seriously. When the coach plays favorites. Well, yeah, absolutely. Which Tomlin, uh, I mean, there's no denying Tomlin plays favorites. Right, and that's kind no of what denying. I was getting to in a facetious way. But, um, you know, I would like to have him, if he's still physically able to play, uh, if he's still, you know, able to do what he did, not to the level he did it here with the Steelers, obviously, but if he can, you know, help out a little bit, why not bring him in? It won't cost that much. He knows the system. They, you know, they're going to need some help on the defense. Well, you after need what you, you need to bring him in only if you're sure he can help you. Right, right. You're not bringing him in to do a favor to him because don't forget he left voluntarily. Right. You know, and, and it's not in the pro football isn't a business known for doing favors. Well, actually, here in Pittsburgh, uh, but but uh, you know, you got to be sure. Well, Mike Tomlin always says he puts the game first. He puts you know everything behind him except yeah, for that's that why game. he kept bringing James Harrison back. <laughs> Right. Well, he's, you know, if, you know, if Lawrence Timmons can help the Steelers in any form or fashion next year, Tomlin's got to bring him in. They've got to smooth over whatever well, the problem is. Because they got to fix inside back. Exactly. They, they, they just, Among other things. They were a different, much worse defense without Shazier. Absolutely. And, and admittedly, he's an exceptional talent. But, uh, but they got to fix that. And that should be the first priority in the draft and in free agency. And I've been saying, I bring in two guys. Not one guy, but two guys. I, I I make Bince my 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 not maybe not my third guy. Maybe Timmons is the third guy, and the rookie inside backer is your first guy. But you need three to do the job of two at inside backer for the Steelers. I really believe that was Shazier. Right, at least bring in Timmons to see what he can do, and if he can supplant one of those guys or you know two of those guys and be that main guy. Um, you know, even just to spell him, even just to give him some rest, even to give another option. One guy's better at one situational play. One guy's better at another situational play. It gives you options. And I would love to know. I would love to know what kind of beef they have going on because, you know, Coach Tomlin is just known as a player's coach. I would love to see what the need is. Not, not every player, Bob. Not, no, not everyone. Um, but you wouldn't think that Lawrence Timmons would be one of the guys who would upset the apple cart with him. Uh, and finally, what about my notion that the best thing for golf would be not for Tiger Woods to win the Masters, but to come close 
and lose narrowly to a young guy and then do the same thing at the U.S. Open to pass the torch to crown the new star. What do you think? Well, I think that the proof is in the pudding. For that tournament to get that kind of number, for everybody to be just hanging on every single thing he did. I mean, I followed Norm McDonald over the weekend. I couldn't not read about what was happening with Tiger Woods. So, yeah, I agree. Because well, Norm does that, that, that screwy golf play-by-play. Yeah. Actually, not screwy. He does it totally straight. It's perfect. Which makes it even screwier, which you, he knows. You know he's got honest. a new show. He's got yeah. a TV show on Netflix. Yes, I'll watch it. You're going to have to get Netflix. To I watch. have it now. Oh, okay, perfect. But I got it to watch the Doug Kenny movie with Will Fort. Oh, perfect, perfect. The National Lampoon. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, it, it just makes sense. You know, that's proof over the weekend that people are still interested in him. If he's hanging on right there, it's a perfect transition to the but next they generation. Don't, they don't need the 42-year-old guy to be chasing Jack Nicholas. They need the 23- and 24-year-old guys to be holding off the 42-year-old guy. And golf needs more than that, Mark. Golf is hurting right now because of how much time, the cost, you know, the availability well, you know of it. You know what they did back then? They maximized Tiger's popularity, which you can't blame them for doing. But in him becoming larger than life, he became larger than anybody else, uh, past, present, or, as it turns out, future. Well, I'm not saying that he's not going to be, you know, in competition for another major, you know, especially another tournament. You just saw he could do that. Yeah, Maybe. but Bob, would it surprise you if he came out and shot like eight over at the Masters? Not at all. Not at all. He's one tragic porn star accident waiting to happen. Even with that club speed being a jillion miles per hour? <laughs> Even with the nipples showing through the red shirt? Come on, Bob. You're obviously not a golf analyst. Emphasis on one of the syllables. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. Up next... There's one NFL player who I don't know how anybody could like. Actually, there's a lot of them, but this guy stands out. 105.9 The X.